Is the Denver Broncos offense the same regardless of who's at quarterback? Well, there's a lot to look into that, and we'll answer that here in a mailbag series of Good Morning Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Welcome into another installment of GMB here on Mile High Sports YouTube page. Mile High Sports is every team, every day. You can get daily content here on the YouTube channel, but you can also get daily written consumption at milehighsports.com. So make sure you go check that out. We're going to open things up here. It is our mailbag series of the week here where we answer your Broncos related questions on GMB. We put a tweet out there on social media at Cody Rourke NFL and Broncos country. Had a lot of questions, but let's answer really kind of starting things off here to kick off today's episode of the show. Let's answer one of the more biggest uh, questions that we received. It's from at flex 1979. Jay puts in consistent comments lately is how plays of Broncos quarterbacks have been the same, but one is paid way more. If it is indeed the same and play calling has been mediocre, what does that really say about the schemes? Is it a quarterback problem or a system issue? This is a great question, and to be honest with you, I think it can be a little bit of both, right? In order for the quarterback to have success in any offensive scheme, doesn't matter if you have Patrick Mahomes, doesn't matter if you have Lamar Jackson, you have to have a good scheme and you have to have a good system in place around a quarterback. I think the myth of what we've seen, like especially in today's NFL, it has changed. Back when Brady, back when Manning, back when Favre and all those other guys, the older quarterbacks have now gone on to retire, and even Drew Brees, I'll even give him some consideration in there. All those quarterbacks had a good system around them, right? And obviously, they had good players around them. They had good personnel. That stuff is all important. The myth in today's NFL is that one quarterback, no matter how damn good he is or isn't, is going to be the solution or is going to be the player or the position that's going to get the you know a team to win. Quarterback play is important, and a quarterback needs to play pretty good in order for a team to have a chance to win. But so much of it is also is the system, is the environment around that quarterback good. Now, I think we can make some valid arguments here for the Broncos. With Russell Wilson or Jarrett Stidham, what is the option here for the Broncos? What does the personnel look like? Well, you know, Cortland Sutton was the big play wide receiver for Denver all season long. Russ had him, and obviously Cortland had 10 touchdown catches. We'll see if he plays this week against the Las Vegas Raiders, have a chance to maybe get 11 or 12 maybe to finish the year. Um, and obviously, Jarrett Stidham will get the start here. But I think the one thing that's been missing here for the Broncos offense all season long has been a consistent run game, which I think in today's NFL, people talk so much about quarterback. I feel like if you don't have a consistent run game and you don't have the ability to run it effectively this year, then in today's NFL, you're not going to have sustained success. The Broncos have struggled with that this season. I think another thing is Denver has not had a legitimate pass-catching tight end option all season long. They really tried to put all their eggs in the Greg Dulcich basket, and he hasn't even appeared. Like, you know, it's going to show he's appeared in two games, but he hasn't even played a full half of football for the Broncos this season. And out of all the games that are played, and he's not going to play in Week 18, and obviously there's some things he's going to have to do there. To, to get back on the healthy track and, and more likely next season is going to be a big year for him in terms of can he stay healthy? If not, the Broncos will more than likely move on. So I think that the Broncos offense has been a victim of not having a consistent run game, 
not having a, a you know a lot of options in the passing game outside of Cortland Sutton. You know, the offense hasn't simply just spread it out. It hasn't been well balanced. You look at where Cortland's at and you look at the drop off between he and everybody else, it's very concerning production wise. And Jerry Judy's been healthy. That's like also been another thing is that the Broncos haven't looked to target Jerry Judy as much this season as they should have, which to me is just it's a missed opportunity. It's disappointing. And then obviously we said the lack of a pass catching tight end. So I think a lot of it can be quarterback play. I think it's play calling. I also think it's scheme. And I think that all three of these components definitely have an impact into where the Broncos offense has played the same so far, regardless of who the quarterback has been. So these are things I think we have to talk about going forward and, and we'll see how things kind of pan out here for Denver as obviously the days and the weeks commence here. And as we get closer to free agency, we'll figure out are the Broncos going to move on from Russ in March. The expectation is that they will release him come March. It will become official on the first day of the new league year. And then uh, where do they go from there? So many questions. That's a great way to start off our mailbag here today. Next one comes in from Danny Bailey. Danny Bailey asked, are there any free agents this offseason that you'd like to see the Broncos bring in or is Denver not an attractive free agent destination right now? This is a great question. Now, you know, Danny, for me, I think the first thing I got to take a look at when we talk about free agents, I'm not necessarily out there looking at other teams' free agents right now. I think once we get a little bit closer, I'll start to dive into that. Like once we get after the Super Bowl concludes, I'm going to start taking a look at what are the Broncos' needs in terms of addressing depth. I think the biggest thing you have to do in terms of free agency as a Bronco uh, as the organization, you have to take care of some of your best in-house guys first. And how is Denver going to do that? Especially if they move on from Russell Wilson, how are they going to become cap compliant right now? They're over the cap significantly. And we we've heard rumblings that the salary cap is going to be $240 million. That's going to give them some cushion if that is the case, but you can't bank or guarantee on that. So Denver's going to have to do a lot of shuffling here before free agency comes. They're going to have to release some guys. They're going to have, they might look to trade some guys, they also might have to look at a situation here where they approach several guys to restructure their contracts with everything that's happened so far, especially with how the Broncos did it with Russell Wilson. If the team approaches them and asks them to restructure, I, I wonder how players are going to feel about that. That's something to watch. But Danny, keep your eyes peeled here. Probably in the next month or so, I'll do a free agent breakdown in terms of we'll take a look at free agents from other teams. We'll take a look at the Broncos in-house free agents. I'll be able to answer that a little more clearly. I think that's a great question. Dave Gilbert Jr. says, how realistic is our chance at winning even eight games next season? Dave, I can tell you this. I don't know. <laughs> to be honest with you, I do not know because we do not know what the Broncos' plan is going into next season. But I will say this, okay? And where Denver started off 1-5, and five, I felt like looking at the remaining part of the schedule, you had the Packers, the Chiefs, and then obviously the Chiefs again. You had them twice in three weeks, and you had the Packers there before the bye week, and then the Buffalo Bills after the bye week. I didn't see another game on the Broncos schedule, maybe besides New England at that time when they were one and five, where I said, okay, hey, Denver's going to win one, at least one more game this season. I thought they were going to maybe lose all the remaining games of the year based on how they were playing and how things were going early on at the beginning of the season. They went on a run here. Now they're at eight wins. In my opinion, I feel like they have overachieved this season in particular for what they were able to rattle off from a win streak to even be in the conversation of being back in the playoff mix. I felt like that this team found a way to overachieve, and I think they'll be better off next year, but there's so many questions about personnel. Will Lloyd Cushingberry be back at center? What's the wide receiver position going to look like? You know, what is the salary cap going to look like? Is Denver going to be able to bring in anybody that can contribute in a higher role than maybe some guys that Denver already has on the roster on offense or defense? And 
I, I mean, it's so hard to answer this question right now. You look, you're going to have a lot of young guys that are going to be coming back. You got guys that I think can obviously fulfill and continue to develop, but you need playmakers on offense. And Denver has one in Cortland Sutton. Will Jerry Judy be that guy? Will Tim Patrick be in the mix? Can Javante Williams get his feet underneath him in year two after coming back off of the ACL injury? I mean, there's so many different questions. I don't know. And I don't know what the schedule is going to look like for Denver next year, but I mean, the fact that they've overachieved despite the circumstances, I think that they could get back to eight games next season, hopefully a little bit more as the team goes forward. Now we have a few more uh, mailbag questions that we're going to answer here on today's episode of the show. Real quick, I have to tell you about our friends over there at Superbook Sports. When a trip to the biggest football game of the year, courtesy of Superbook Sports, Superbook will fly you and a friend to Las Vegas for February's championship game, and they will also give you two tickets to the game plus a three-night hotel stay. And all you have to do is place a $25 same-game parlay between now and January 7th, and you'll be automatically entered to win. So wager and win a super trip to Las Vegas, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, guys? Kim Becker here with Mile High Sports. Make sure you guys are following us on social media so that you never miss a Mile High Sports daily. Monday through Friday morning, we'll post a video hosted by me catching you up on everything you need to know when it comes to sports right here in the Mile High State. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, we're there, and we've got you covered for everything Colorado sports. All right, Broncos country, as we continue on today's mailbag episode of GMB, just a quick reminder, you love Mile High Sports. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you want Denver Nuggets coverage, you're going to get that here on MHS's YouTube channel with the Pickaxe and Roll podcast hosted by our Denver Nuggets beat reporter, Ryan Blackburn. He has got you covered here. Andrew Livingston sends in his next question here and asks, put the quarterback situation aside. What is the biggest need in the draft for the Broncos? And what are the positions that this year's draft is deepest at? I'll be very honest with you, Andrew. I don't start my NFL draft prep till really after NFL free agency begins. Look, we all know some of the top names that people are looking at in the NFL draft. So much of it, and knowing how Sean Payton operates and knowing how George Payton and this Broncos front office have operated, most teams never go into the NFL draft trying to get biggest need possible, right? They try to address their most pressing need in free agency, someone with experience, and sometimes they might be in a situation if they have good enough talent around them, if they have a good enough team around them, a potential need that they may have, they may take a chance and obviously swing for the fences for a guy that can maybe be you know something that can fulfill what they need in year one. But the most thing that you can do in organizations is looking at young guys that can develop into players that you can rely on, right? And maybe getting ahead of potential needs down the road. Because if you look to get a guy before a position becomes a specific need for you, and let's say you get him two years prior to that need coming up, well, maybe that guy can just step into that role. Maybe they can answer that question before it ever becomes a big need. I think that's something to keep an eye on here for Denver. Look, I think tight end is a position that Denver's going to look at. I know it would not be a popular pick for them to look in round one for a tight end option. We talk about the Greg Dulcich uh, injury. I mean, for example, we know when he's healthy what type of player Greg Dulcich can be. The reality is he's had four hamstring injuries to the same hamstring in two years. On top of that, now a foot injury that's held him out from his potential return from that hamstring injury, thus him only appearing in two total games, not even playing a full half this season for the Broncos. That's disappointing. And obviously there's Lucas Kroll, right? And Adam Troutman, a veteran option there. I, I see Troutman back. I see the opportunity for, you know, I think Lucas Kroll to be a big part of Sean Payton's offense going into next season. 
So maybe tight end isn't necessarily the biggest need for them in terms of where they need to be. I could look at cornerback depth being one of it. Safety depth, obviously, now with the injury to Delarian Turner Yell, he's not going to be ready for the start of next regular season, more than likely. He just suffered a torn ACL, is going to have reconstructive surgery, and then the timeline will be whatever it may be for the Broncos at that point. But I, I don't know. This is a tough offseason right now. And, and look, we don't know. And, and there could be a lot of needs that do arise, especially after the Russell Wilson release does become official. If that is, in fact, going to happen, Denver might have to release several key guys. And that does create bigger needs going forward. So, Andrew, it's hard to answer this question in particular right now. But let's say the roster is how it is. I would say maybe looking at defensive line, tight end, safety, and corner. Really, those are the top four. If we're excluding, as you mentioned in your question, the quarterback position. To me, if we're including quarterback, quarterback is the biggest priority right now for this team going forward, especially in the window that they have with Sean Payton as their head coach. Four years left on his contract. Can he develop a guy? Will he develop a guy? I mean, I don't know what his plan is, but we're fixing to find out here very shortly. Uh, Orange Crush 512 says, do you see any major changes at the running back position for next year? As for the tight end position, any particular player you're keeping an eye on in the draft, I like the idea of Jatavian Sanders in orange and blue. I'm going to answer your first part of the question because I kind of just answered the tight end position. Obviously, I think the top guy in this year's draft tight end-wise is obviously going to be Brock Bowers out of Georgia. Um, but do you see any major changes at running back next year? Not really, no. I think I think Javante will be the guy. And look, I think Javante, a lot of fans have been very hard on Javante. We forget that this is a guy who suffered a very, very brutal knee injury last year. And there's been times where it looks like, okay, hey, Javante's getting confidence. He's getting back to who he used to be. And then there's moments where he's just hitting a wall. He's not hitting a hole consistently the way that he is. His vision isn't quite there. I, it's such a physical position, but we have to remember for running backs, look, even Saquon the year after he tore his ACL, he didn't come back and play at a high level either. There's an adjustment period here. I think that Javante Williams next year will be much better than he was this year, and I think that we're going to see a huge emphasis on that. I think Jaleel McLaughlin is obviously going to be a big part of what they do here going forward. So could they part ways with the Samaje P. Ryan in the offseason? It's certainly possible at this point. Um, or they, they, they may just run it back with this current group of rushers with Javante, Samaje, and Jaleel and go with those three guys into next season in terms of continuity. I just don't know if they're, uh, they're going to look at that right now. They may even look at the draft and add a guy, but – I think they run it back, to be honest with you, at that position. Um, Ed Helinski says, besides Russell Wilson, which other Broncos are at the risk of being kicked to the curb in the offseason by Sean Payton? Look, Ed, I have no idea at this point. I think the only assumption I can make is you can look at guys with big salary cap hits going into the next season. The team, more than likely, because of this Russell Wilson contract situation, they're going to ask some guys to restructure, and if those guys aren't willing to restructure, Denver, more than likely, will release a couple of guys. Some names that we've heard could be Garrett Bowles, Tim Patrick, um, Cortland Sutton could also be a name there. He's obviously going to be, you know, a, 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 I can't remember exactly what his cap hit is next season, but I know that's based on the extension he got a couple of years ago. Now, a lot of that money's coming up to the forefront, but based on his production, if I'm Cortland, why the hell would I take a restructure? Why would I do that? Even if asked, especially, you know, when you got chemistry with Russell Wilson, you kind of saw how, okay, well, Hey, if the Broncos can approach Russ and treat him like that and, you know, kind of threaten to bench him, if he doesn't restructure, what they might do that to me. Like that's the mindset that a lot of players will more than likely have if they are approached to restructure their deals here. And you could see some guys traded away. And I, I just don't know right now, Ed, it's not definitive enough to be able to answer your question in full, but I appreciate your question. I appreciate the insight here and look Broncos country. 
I appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us every single day here on Mile High Sports. As we get to the offseason, we won't be doing a show as much. We may do one or two shows a week at that juncture as we keep you posted throughout the entire offseason. We'll do some free agency previews and much more, of course. We'll always do the mailbag so you, the fans, can get involved in what we do. But with that said, that'll wrap up today's episode of GMB here on Mile High Sports YouTube page. Broncos Country, I appreciate you so much. Like I said, if you like this YouTube channel, you like the show, do us a favor, like the video, comment for the algorithm, and make sure you subscribe so you never miss out on what we have going on here with your favorite Colorado sports teams.